Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Mosaic Life Podcast. I am thrilled to share this episode with you today. As I'm sure you're aware, at this point in time, Ernie has gone on to pursue his own ventures and focus his effort on himself as well as his family. And I am taking the podcast boldly forward, and I could not be more thrilled about it. For the longest time in my life, I wondered if it was possible to be happy all the time. To me, it always felt like a fairy tale, and it always felt off in the distance. When I have this job, I'll have enough money so I can relax and be happy. When I have this video game or when I have this car or when I have the freedom to do whatever it is I want, I will find that happiness. It was always a carrot and a stick game, but instead of the carrot hanging out in front of me, The carrot was projected on the wall, and I was stuck on a treadmill. I was never going to catch that carrot. And I don't think many of us ever do. And so as my life changed and evolved over the last four or five years, I came to realize that it was never the carrot that I wanted. It was the desire that satiated me, and knowing that the happiness that I was seeking was internal, it was with me all along, I was able to find that consistency. And so with the podcast and moving forward, the goal or the theme is happiness. It's something we all desire. It's something we all pursue. Some of us relentlessly. Some of us chase it through drugs and alcohol. Some of us chase it through our jobs. Some of us chase it in much more dire ways. And so I will be talking with people who help others in that pursuit. I will also be talking with people who are taking leaps of faith with happiness at the helm who have quit their jobs or made a giant leap in their own lives because they know what it takes for them to find that happiness within. And today I had the amazing opportunity and honor to talk with an old friend. She and I met through my old podcast in which we randomly answered one of her questions on Twitter, and the relationship has has bloomed ever since. And um, I'm really excited to reconnect with her in this capacity. This conversation was beyond anything I could have hoped for. And truthfully, I was nervous as hell going into this. This is the first time I'm having a conversation like this without Ernie at my side. And he was always extremely good at picking up my slack and asking very insightful and thought-provoking questions. So I could not be happier with having AJ or Zan or Zandretha, as you'll hear, as the conversationalist sitting metaphorically across from me. 
She worked for the longest time owning her own business as a hairstylist, fighting through literal agony to take care of her clients before herself. And there was a point in which she realized this is not worth it anymore. And she took the leap, the leap that so many of us desire to take, but we are afraid of not being on firm footing. And so as you listen to this conversation, ask yourself what it is that you are saying you need for happiness. Is it something material or is it a state of being? We're both, you and I both, are going to come to find that I don't have that answer. I know what it takes for me, but I want to find the algorithm for happiness to help others unlock it and achieve it. And so enjoy this conversation with AJ. And if you get value from it, please, please let me know. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. Life is an art, every moment a picture painted in time. The color, texture, lighting, all context. The Mosaic Life vision is to cast a warm glow on your masterpiece, highlighting the struggle while showcasing the culmination of years of hard work. Join us for guided meditations, interviews with authors and leaders, and engaging conversation as we explore the depths of our consciousness. Welcome to the Mosaic Life Podcast. This this is this is extremely exciting on, on many many levels. As as you just heard, uh, this is the first time I'm embarking on one of these conversations, and it won't be the last. And I'm really excited about it. Um, I've I've got a uh, I've got an old friend joining me today, and it's we'll, we'll explain how we know each other. Um, but the idea moving forward. Um, in the in the post Ernie era, and I say that with all the love in the world, Ernie, um, is that I want to focus the podcast on happiness and our pursuit of it, and why it, it why it eludes so many of us. And so naturally, the idea is to talk with people who are living their best lives or are taking leaps of faith in the interest of living their best lives. And I, my friend. Um, Many people probably call her AJ. Many people on the internet call her Zandretha, which I, I still don't really know why. And I just found out her, her real name is Amy. So Amy, <laughs> AJ, Zandretha, welcome to the Mosaic Life podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. So glad to be here. <laughs> it's 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 thrilling. It's absolutely thrilling to have you. And, you know, as as we'll see in a moment, it, I, I wasn't just grasping at air trying to find guests for the podcast. You have you you're, you're making leaps of your own, which I'm really excited about. But before we get into that, hey, how do we know each other? <laughs> uh, Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Yes. And um, so as as I've talked about very briefly. I, I used to host a, another podcast called uh, Hashtag Questions with the B&T Boys. And, um, uh, Get your face on some questions. Oh, man, I forgot <laughs> about that. That brings back all the memories. Um, <laughs> we So the, the premise was simple and it was stupid. And my, my buddy Brandon and I, we would go on Twitter, we would find random questions and we would answer them. And I don't remember what episode it was. It was like in the top 15 or the first 15 in which we found a question that you asked, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it was it was fairly raunchy. Uh, so I don't need to get into all the details here, but uh, we came up with some <laughs> ridiculous answer. And then we've been best friends ever since. Aw. Yeah. Hey, I, I, I don't want to tease it out too much, but uh, in the next month or so, you may have uh, uh, we may have a guest on this podcast that you may get excited about. So keep that Ooh. in the back of your mind. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Anyway, Noted. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. First of all, what's with what's with the Zandreth? I we I think we touched on this in hashtag questions, but I mean, I'm I'm probably going to put you on the website as Zandretha, so the people want to know. Oh, it's, it's so stupid, actually. It's like a million years ago, I made up a name for a dark elf character in World of Warcraft. Nice. And uh, <laughs> I, I just wanted something very like, I don't know, Zandretha sounded very dark elf-y. <laughs> so I made it up out of nowhere and I got rid of World of Warcraft, don't play anymore. But I kept the name because I don't know. There's just something about it. It sounds very powerful to me. It does. So, so do you hate it when I bastardize it by saying like Xan or Xan, Zanny or Xanax or whatever I came up with in the past? <laughs> no, actually, it makes it more fun because okay. then it's right. like I don't know. It's my nickname. Good. It's cool. So, did you? Were you one of the people that got like hardcore addicted to World of Warcraft? I always was fascinated by WoW and by MMO RPGs in general, but they just it consumed so many people's lives. Yeah, I wasn't super into it. I was more into it because I was very into a guy that was playing. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so as soon as the guy was gone, so was the World of Warcraft. <laughs> okay, okay, that's okay. Um, that's interesting. So you, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, but I, I know your spouse, are you married? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So he, yeah, I, we, we've, we've gone back and forth a little bit on, on Twitter back in the day. So I, I couldn't remember, but he's, he's a big runner, isn't he? Oh yeah. That's cool. Yeah. He, he's also been getting into, um, riding a Peloton a lot. Oh wow. That's awesome. Like, yeah, that's fun. Are you, are you getting into that too? Oh my gosh. I'm obsessed with the Peloton now. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I've, I've heard awesome things about the classes and it's, it's, uh, it's been a really cool experience for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, no, I, uh, I wanted to have you on because we, I, 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 even in between podcasts, we were stay, we stayed connected via Instagram, not on Twitter so much anymore. Uh, but I, I know you've made some changes in your lives, in your life as, as many people have some by choice, some not so much by choice, um, this year, uh, previously you, you, did you, you owned a hair studio or you were a stylist, correct? Yeah, I was a booth renter at a pretty awesome hair salon. That's awesome. So tell me more about that. What I mean, it was, how much work was it? How many? What you, you made it seem like it's you know a really it was a really good opportunity, and you really enjoyed your clients. Oh my gosh, yeah. Um, I just want to premise everything. Like uh, before I get into anything else, I just want to say I loved my clients. I had some of the absolute best people that I got to hang out with on a daily basis, and um, me choosing to leave hair had absolutely zero to do with my regular clients. I, I just, I love them so much and I would hate for them to feel any type of way. And that's um, going to, that's, I, I really feel like that's an important distinction because you can't, you don't have to hate your work. You don't have to hate particular pieces of it to be 
wholly unhappy. And so I just, I wanted, I want to make sure that's, right. that's very clear. So yeah, go ahead. Tell me more about, about your work. Um, so, so when you're a booth runner, I'm basically, I was an entrepreneur. Uh, the people that I worked with were, were basically also just renting a space in a room. Um, that was a salon. So I made my own hours. I contacted my own clients. I was the, the sole proprietor yeah basically um so i it was a lot of work <laughs> it was very war- rewarding because i love being able to connect with people but it was a lot a lot of work yeah absolutely but yeah i mean in essence you weren't answering to anybody but yourself right being the sole proprietor Correct. of that okay that's good that's that's great yeah okay but then you you recently left yes um so it, it actually it actually ended up being a cumulative of the past year and a half, I want to say. Um, I I have always had a very bad back. Okay. <laughs> uh, but the like I, about a year ago, I realized my back was in a lot worse shape than I thought that it was. I knew I needed to see a doctor, but I didn't want to take the time off of work. Um, so. I just wound up putting it off and putting it off until it became an emergency situation where they said, oh, my gosh, there's something so wrong with your back. You need to stay to the hospital right now. You need to be in line for this surgery. We'll we'll get you in. They put me in a, a wheelchair and all of that. And I said, actually, can we put this off a week or so? Because I have a lot of clients this weekend. Wow. So So, what what was wrong with your back? What was the, the situation? Um, I had a bulging disc that was putting a lot of pressure on my spine. Um, they ended up having to do a micro discectomy where they kind of remove a tiny bit of a piece of your spine. Um, and they kind of had to scoop out a lot of my nerves in that area. And is this all from kind of leaning over people as you, as you work on their hair? Is that, I mean, I'm sure work had a huge part to do with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I honestly didn't realize how much it was hurting my back to be in the salon industry until I am no longer working in the salon industry and suddenly my back is able to move. That's good. (laughs) That's good. So you're you're in an insurmountable pain and yet you you asked the doctors to to put the surgery off by a week because you were so concerned about your clientele. Yeah. <laughs> Which to be fair, those clients would have 100% understood. Yeah. They would 100% have For said, sure. yeah, let's reschedule. Let me know what no big deal. But I was so stuck in this. I need to constantly be, um, growing and, yeah. uh, making my business better and bringing in more income and Absolutely. reaching out to more, you know? Yeah. So are you, I, I was very, very stuck in the wrong kind of mentality. Are, are, are you familiar with Tim Ferriss? Uh, that name sounds familiar, but I can't, I can't. Place That's okay. It. You don't have no. to, uh, just because I have a man crush on him doesn't mean you need to know him. Um, he wrote, uh, <laughs> he wrote the four hour work week and he, he has an exercise called fear setting. And the idea of fear setting is going through you know, your, your example is perfect. You have, you're, you're in a, a massive amount of pain. You need surgery. 
but you're afraid that if you go through with it right now, and you're going to, one, disappoint clients, two, lose that on income. But you yourself just explained that fear away by saying your clients would have understood. And so setting your own expectations and setting your own reality is just as important as managing the expectations and realities of your clients or your coworkers or even your bosses. And so, I mean, when did you come to that realization? Like, it would have been okay to say, hey... I'm, I've got a medical situation going on right now. I'll, I'll, I'll get with you guys when I recover. I, I don't know. Um, it's kind of, it, it seems like one of those things where you, you lie to yourself. Yeah. So I don't know when I really, I don't know when I stopped lying to myself about it. Yeah. Do you remember when you realized you were lying to yourself? Uh, yeah. Um, it was post-surgery when... <laughs> I apparently was supposed to have been taking three months off of work post-surgery. Yeah. And instead I took off not even a full week. <laughs> so, uh, about a month after going back to work, I had, a to go in and see the doctor just to kind of check in on my stitches, see right. how everything was healing. And they said, so obviously you're still just, you know, hanging out on the couch. And I was like, no, I've been back to work for now. And they were like, what is wrong with you? Why? <laughs> they were so I've, I haven't had a room full of doctors just glaring at me before like that. It was amazing. Yeah, I so, they were a little bit more upset than that. And then the bubbly, you just the bubbly rendition of it you just gave. I, I mean, what did they what did they say? Did they tell you that you I have to imagine like this can affect your, your quality of life if you don't properly let yourself rehab? Yeah, um, they, they that's basically what they said. They said okay, well, if it be dumb, then there's nothing that we can do. Right. So <laughs> you're going to just take a lot longer to heal than you should. Yeah. Which has ended up what happened. And so how did that affect your work moving forward? Oh, absolutely. Because I was in a constant state of pain, I was seeing a decline in the quality of my work, yeah. no matter how hard I was trying to work at it. When you're in that much pain, you can't focus that much. Yeah. It's, it's near impossible to focus. So I was starting to, I don't want to say fail my clients, but I was starting to let them down. And that's from my perspective, not theirs. Um, I felt my, my work was kind of going down and then I was in so much pain. I wasn't sure why I was doing it. I'm, I'm talking, I would literally be laying on the floor in the break room, God. like in between clients, just straight up laying on the floor, sometimes crying because I was in pain. So when you have that kind of like, I'm holding myself to this ridiculous standard right. that is completely unsustainable. And I told my clients to ignore my pain. I told my clients that I was fine. So they treat me like I'm fine. And then I started feeling frustrated why am I doing all this work for you? Right. You're resenting them. And it had not exactly, which is the dumbest thing because I got into doing hair specifically because I love people so much. Right. So that when, when I started realizing that I started realizing that, okay, I did mess up. I should have taken more time to myself. Kind of that old Buddhist uh, teaching that I mentioned to you before was, you know, if if your bowl is empty, how can you feed anybody else? Yeah. I love that. I, I, I absolutely love oh. that. 
Yeah. So you was, you uh, told your clients. I mean, they they clearly see you in pain. I mean, they see you cringing. They. I mean, I imagine every time you slightly flex a muscle in your back, it just shoots pain throughout your body. I, I I've had uh, I I've had minor variations of that in the past, so I know how bad it is. But you do that. You you every time your face cringes, your eye winks and or winces in pain yet they see that on your face and but you told them Mm. you say hey listen i don't don't pity me don't don't treat me any different i'm going to take care of you but then at the same time when they don't ask if you're okay at that point in time the wheels in your head start turning like this person doesn't give a shit about me like why am i taking care such good care of them exactly and that's the dumbest thing i created a situation and then i got upset that i was in a situation And it was nobody's fault but my own. Nobody told me you have to work. I chose to work. I chose to put myself in those positions because I was unable to set clear boundaries. And that ended up snowballing in the long run to making me resent a career that I absolutely loved. Yeah. How long was that process? That, that, that snowball, that, that rolling down from, from the time you had surgery to the time where you just grew so jaded with the entire industry because of what was going on in your own head. How, how long did that look that, how long was that frame time frame? Less than a year. Okay. That was, that was less than a year. I had surgery at the end of May. Um, and I would, I would say by about January or February, I was so over it. I remember actually telling my coworkers, I would love to quit hair right now, but I don't know what the heck else I would do. Yeah. I mean, this is, is such an interesting year for that. And, I, and we can, I want to talk more about the, the previous six months in a, in a second. But I mean, what did you, as you were thinking about quitting, as you were considering what else in this world am I qualified to even do? How am I going to make money? How am I going to support myself and my family? I mean, what, what is that, what is that, uh, that succession of thoughts look like? to you? I mean, obviously you're already resenting your clients. I mean, does that, does that, that, that feeling of love and affection for them ever come back or does oh, it just, yeah. okay. So, um, it, it, it ended up, oh gosh, I'm so sorry. I just lost my train of no, You're good. Don't worry about it. Uh, can you repeat what you just yeah. said? So it just, you know, as moving on from your surgery, as you are growing more and more disdainful of, of cutting hair, of feeling toward your clients, you know, what does that thought process look like? You know, okay, I'm starting to think about this, this may not be right for me, but I don't know what the hell I'm going to do with the rest of my life. So it it ended up being that I I was just going to suck it up. I was just going to continue because there's plenty of people that are hairdressers that for them, it's, it's really just, you go in, you cut hair and then you're done and that's fine. And that wasn't originally, that wasn't the idea that I wanted for myself, but I was getting so frustrated that I was starting to look at it. Like I don't have time to figure out another career. I don't have time to go home and think about this because when I get done doing hair, I'm so exhausted emotionally and physically that I don't care about anything else. So I, I, I was just never going to slow down enough to actually take that thought experiment seriously to find another career. So what was it? I mean, what, so, how did, with, 
I don't want to spoil what you're doing now, but I mean, what was it that, I mean, you just said you don't have time, you don't have the, the, the energy to, to go about exploring a new avenue for yourself. So how did it happen? You know, what was it that said, not, this is it, I'm, I'm done, I'm out. Uh, a lot of it happens with, with the whole COVID situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when, when COVID hit and California closed down and hairdressers were told we weren't allowed to go to work because right. for the safety of others, um, I looked at everything that uh, people were requesting. They were saying, well, hairdressers are actually a very, very clean industry. We are constantly scrubbing everything in between clients with hospital grade barbicide right. or EPA and... Um, you know, we should be able to be a trusted source for people who need to go out, get their hair done and be able to work for essential employees, yeah. et cetera. And I, I don't know. I just sat and I thought about it and I realized I, I love my clients enough to right. know that as clean and tidy as I am, I didn't want to be held responsible for their health. Sure. And um, I was not so in love with my job that I couldn't be honest with myself about that. I am a very ditzy person. I clean everything <laughs> constantly, but I do know that sometimes, I don't know, I, I'm sure that I would have moved my mask or I, yeah. I, I don't know, I have bad allergies. Maybe I would sneeze. You know, I just don't want to be held responsible for something when my heart isn't in it anyway. Yeah. Now I, I, I want to make a point of clarification or I just, I guess, ask, ask for a point of clarity. When you say you don't didn't want to be held responsible for, in essence, exposing somebody to to COVID, do you mean you don't want to be held responsible, or you didn't want to feel the burden of exposing somebody to? It? I mean, I'm just I'm curious. I know it's it's very pedantic, but I'm just curious if you felt more of a responsibility, uh, societal responsibility, or more of a, like an ethical or moral responsibility. I would say more moral. Okay. Um, I, I did have a good amount of clients that were older or um, even even a lot of clients that were uh, uh, immunocompromised right. or um, something of that nature. And I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my head around the fact that I am now supposed to not only hold the way that you look yeah. in my responsibility, but also your health. Absolutely. I. I don't trust myself enough for that. I don't leave my house now. <laughs> so I, I, what, what, what did you, okay. So we, you know, the world shuts down right. mid March and let's, let's say April people are, are doing okay. You know, we ad adhering to these guidelines, but may people are starting to bitch and moan about of all things, not being able to get their hair cut. What was your thought oh. when you started hearing that? That, that hurt me yeah. so deep. Um, Thankfully, it wasn't the majority of my clients. They just wanted to be able to support the salon industry. Right, so they right. weren't saying it like I demand a haircut. Yeah. But the people that are not my clients were saying that. And I was getting constant barrages of messages in my inbox or phone calls come to my house. Um, you know, I, I, I don't care what's happening. I just want a haircut. Why? 
I'm putting so much emotion into when I take care of somebody, when somebody right. sits in my chair, I'm not just doing your hair. I'm listening to your life story. I'm bonding with you over your children being nuts. Yeah. I'm helping you plan your next date. Um, I put a lot of energy into the service that I give. So now people are basically saying I am just a, a tool yeah. for them. Yeah. And that honestly, that stabbed me so deep in the heart that I was just, I, I believe you. Ugh. I believe you. I, yeah. I mean, it's to, to me, it wasn't a big deal. I've had a buzzed head and I've had hair that went down past my nose. And so it got to a length where I was like, you know what, I'm just going to shave my head. And it looked awful, but you know what? I, it was my, my, my responsibility to keep people safe. It's not, I don't, that is the least concerning thing to me in my life is having the option to go get my hair cut. Of course, I want to support you. I want to support Heather who cuts my hair and she's fantastic. And I hope she does listen to this. Um, but you know, we have a, a, a responsibility to in, in this world right now is to, to take care of other people. And so I get it. I get it. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that. That's a, that's a real shitty thing. And um, people needed to, to understand that they need to do better. You know, that's, that's, that's yeah. not a request. It's demand, you know, this, just because we can't go out to the bars or, you know, sit, it's not, I don't know why people feel so entitled to certain things in their lives when it, and when it puts other people in danger, mm. I don't get that. And I, I know I may be, I don't want to use the word offending, but if that's what it is, then it is what it is. But yeah, it, it, just, you, we have a responsibility right now just to take care of other people. So many people can't see past that. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you doing and now? And I'm totally no, go ahead, for go ahead, go ahead. if I feel like it's a safe space for me to give you a haircut or something like that. And you, right. I don't know, essential workers, plenty of them. Um, I, I'm not a, I'm not saying that it's wrong for them to ask me to do my job. Right. <laughs> I was, it's just the way that they were saying it yes. was yeah. that I was, I was barely a person. I was basically a throwaway person yeah. because they needed to get two inches off of the ends of their hair. Yeah. You were you were a, a conduit to helping them feel whole, which is absurd, yes. absurd to think about. If you need somebody else, if you need like even if you need anybody else at all to make you feel whole, and I and I, that includes your spouse. In in my firm believing, then you have to look internally and think about what is missing in your own life. And if you need, if you need a haircut, if you need somebody to, if you are demanding somebody cut your hair, or else you're, you're going to be less of a person than you've, you've got, you need to talk to somebody about some of these issues. Um, <laughs> but uh, no. So what are you, what are you doing now? Because this is the most exciting part to me because you, you said this is not working out in your life. And this was not an overnight realization. As you stated, this is something that was brewing and you couldn't even pick out one point in, in, in the recent past that it was, it was, it was not a light switch. And so I want to know what it is you're doing now and how big of a leap of faith was it for you to go into this? Oh my goodness. So, <laughs> so, um, I've, I've always been very into art. Um, as far back as I can remember, I, when I had nothing else to do, but sit at home and watch the news because, you know, when it, everything was, was right. 
crazy. Nobody left their homes. Um, the only way I could really entertain myself or keep myself busy was to sit and draw or sit and paint. And um, just to entertain my friends, I started posting pictures of what I was doing and doodling on my Facebook. And so many people started saying, actually, you're talented. Actually, this is pretty decent. This isn't just a doodle. Um, <laughs> that it started making me realize that I don't need just my career doesn't have to look a specific way in order right. for it to be fulfilling for me. Yeah. So for me, I love to create. Um, so I came to the realization that I could also have a career that is creating and be an artist, which is how I had already thought of myself. Yeah. So now I am launching a website to be able to sell, um, art, uh, prints of paintings that I'm doing. Um, very excited about it. It's you should really, be. Really I, can, cool. I can hear it in your voice too. And I, 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 hopefully you realize that you can, you can hear the difference between the first half hour of this conversation and this new section. Like you're, you, you are giddy with excitement on in what you're doing. And I, I, I will, I, I will say, you know, subjectively, I'm, I've seen your work and it, it is absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you are extremely talented at what you do. Oh, thank you so much, man. Yeah. Okay, so you, you you're, you're, been, you're creating you're creating a website. You're selling art. So how, what does that look like? Uh, so for for now, um, I I got <laughs> I've had to do a lot of research into how people actually sell art because I've never actually tried. <laughs> um, I've I've done a lot of research into you know different kinds of paper and printers and um, editing software yeah. and. I've, I've actually been doing my homework on this and it's, it's really, really fun. I I, didn't think I was going to be excited to learn something new, (laughs) but clearly you are, which is amazing. So what, what style of, I will get, first of all, I just saw, I think on Instagram that you, you're, you're, you're already selling art. You, you, right. You, you've already got orders going out the door, correct? Yes. That's, that's amazing. That is truly amazing. Um, so congratulations on that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's super exciting. So I, I, I'm completely ignorant in the world of like art. Like I, 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 I'm, I'm enough of a graphic designer for my job that it, I, I, I get the basics, but when it comes to paint and paintbrush and canvas, that's not, that's not a world I get. So are you, are you, are you the traditional mm. paint and, and canvas or are you, are you digital art or I'm just, what, uh, what type of art are you? Yeah, I'm a traditional, um, uh, heavy bodied acrylic on a stretched canvas. Um, I guess my style is, uh, I haven't actually pinpointed exactly what technical term my style would fall into. Okay. <laughs> um, I guess kind of abstract and a little bit, uh, oh, the word just disappeared from my head. <laughs> um, idealism, surrealism. Ideal. Okay. Awesome. Surrealism. So I, w- I will give you an opportunity again at the end to, to uh, give yourself a shout out and also put this in the show notes. But uh, where can people see your art if they're, if they're screwing around their phones right now and they want to see what exactly it is that you're, you're painting? So for right now, uh, my, my actual website isn't quite launched yet. But um, for right now, they can go on my Instagram and look at uh, at an art witch, A-N-A-R-T witch. Okay. <laughs> um, and, uh, that'll show some of the stuff that I've been working on. Awesome. 
So why why an art witch? I know I'm digressing. Uh, so, so I'm very very big into. Well, I've been practicing witchcraft for years awesome. actually. Um, until recently, I've been in the broom closet, but this is basically my coming out. <laughs> I love that in the broom. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, part of, part of what I was doing with hair was working with people's energies while yeah. somebody sat in my chair, I was trying to help them feel the best that they could yeah. putting all of my, uh, emotion and energy into helping them feel something. That's great. Um, so I'm basically trying to do the same thing with my art. Um, so for, for some commissions that I'm getting, um, I had, uh, my, my very good friend, Justine, um, requested a painting that she wanted it to be of a cleansing nature. So that kind of, um, something she could put on her altar, yeah. uh, and focus on that would, that would absorb negative and expunge, uh, all of the negative energies and kind of clean it and make it happy. Um, kind of like uh, people that put a, uh, kind of in the way a dream catcher works. Awesome. That's cool. So I, I, uh, painted it with that in mind, uh, keeping her, um, her individual energy in mind, trying to keep capture, you know, a little bit of her in the painting yeah. as I was. And what ended up coming out was, um, it's, it's on my Instagram. It's, it's the one entitled, uh, greet the universe. It is one of my favorites so far. That's cool. Greet the universe. Yeah. So, so basically that's what it is. I'm using, uh, my energy to imbue the painting so that if you want a painting in your home to make your room bright and happy, then I'm trying to make a painting for you with your version of bright and happy. Yeah, so I, I I I was curious, and I, I hopped onto your Instagram right now. These these truly are absolutely beautiful. I I love these. Thank you. Yeah, you okay? So any everybody listening, I know you're screwed around on your phones right now. Look at an art witch on it on Instagram, and I she, she's extremely talented. So that's that's you deserve all the recognition that you're getting and all the sales. And I I really hope that uh, things continue to um, go well in that sense. Oh. Man, that's so nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I'm, I'm curious uh, to um, digressing again. Did you when we when we talk about um, being a witch, um, and uh, these two are not related. I don't. I, I'm just curious. Did you listen to our uh, our most recent uh, episode with uh, with uh, Tia? Yes. And I so I, I don't know. Like I'm ju I'm just going to put this out there. I, I felt like I was in way over my head there, and I'm, I'm glad that Ernie carried that conversation. But it was extremely interesting. It was fascinating to hear a different uh, perspective, uh, one that I'm not necessarily familiar with and at times uncomfortable with, but that's good. That's good to put yourself in those situations. So I, I thought that uh, you may that the episode may resonate with you. So I'm just curious, did you did you enjoy it? Yes, good. it was it actually it super resonated. I was like, oh, my gosh, how how is this like? She was totally speaking my language. It was fantastic. Oh, good. You guys should connect. Uh, she, she was really nice. And um, obviously, you're pretty nice yourself. So that's, uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a fun episode to record. A little bit heartbreaking. That was uh, Ernie's last, but that's all right. Huh. All good things. Yeah. Yeah, so 
you're selling art now, which is, which is amazing. Um, how does that, I mean, so how you, I guess I've always been curious. How, how, how do you scale that? I mean, obviously painting a piece takes X number of hours. And so, I mean, do you, do you scale your price as, as you grow and move or how, how do you make it a sustainable business for yourself? And not that that's the most important thing. Obviously, we've already talked about, you know, the fact that you're happy, you're in insurmountably less pain than you were previously, both physically mm. and mentally. And so I'm just, what, what are your growth goals for, this is the, the business person to me coming out, what are your growth goals for, <laughs> you know, uh, being an artist full time? Uh, I, I think... Um... I have I don't know. <laughs> and I only ask because Honestly, there's people, a lot of this I'm playing by ear. <laughs> yeah. And there's people listening who are doing the same thing or they're thinking about doing the same thing. And, you know, they have to, you know, if they don't ask themselves and they're going to have somebody else asking them, you know, so you can you can sell a painting, which is amazing. Um, what you know, hmm. what what does that look like, you know, in the long term? And I, I deal with right. I, I'm an entrepreneur myself and I, I deal with the same thing. You know, I, I I design websites and, you know, you make your own paycheck You by the amount of work you put into it. I don't have health insurance right now, which can be scary because I like to do like I went mountain biking this morning. If I fall and break an arm, I'm, I'm in pretty big trouble. So, you know, just oh, totally. and I, I, I asked this question to have a conversation around it because people who desire to have these these freedoms want to know how other mm. people are doing it. So, you know, which what do you I, I know you may not have, you know, a. a a, a business plan written down with all your, you know, growth goals and marketing plan and all that. <laughs> but, you know, what, what are your dreams with it? How do you plan on doing it for the foreseeable future? Or just so, talk, talk uh, me through it. That's excellent question. <laughs> so when I, when I sat, it, sat down and started looking at how I've all, I don't want to say similar artists because I think that my style is a little bit unique. So I haven't actually found anyone who had a similar yeah. structure um, for what I'm looking to do. But the main issue that I realized that I had with, with when I was doing hair um, was that I never really got any good boundaries. So I had people that were contacting me at all hours. Um, I was never really setting my, my prices and sticking to them. Yeah. Um, I was constantly just, you know, maybe you just need a discount. Maybe we'll just knock off $10 here. So, <laughs> so with this, I realized that for this to be worth it for me, um, and be able to create, like I would want to, I need to set that boundary of the pricing and make sure that it's something that when I sell, um, it is make uh, making it worth it. Yeah, I get that absolutely. And you know, um, in regard to pricing, that's that that can be so. I I've I've been I've been in sales and and my uh, my own self my or my own business for for years and years and years now. And I, the the the, ta the the conversation surrounding money can be so difficult and uncomfortable. And I I, I still at times have trouble asking for what I know I'm worth. And that, that right. when you can overcome that hurdle, you open yourself up so much to being able to, you know, do your, do, do yourself justice. I mean, you can, you, 
just going back to resentment, like if you settle on, on a price that is, you know, hundreds of dollars or whatever amounts less than what you know you're worth, you're going to resent that person because you are the one who accepted that price. And so that is going to be exactly. reflected in your painting or in the website that I'm designing. I, I, I get that 100%. Oh, thank you. Yes. You explained it so perfectly. Good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> so, and I, I know that I also like to use higher quality materials. Um, I'm using, you know, the more expensive tubes of paint, but that makes the colors be able to come out brighter and yeah. I don't have to use quite as much of it. And I know when I do my prints, I'm using a really high quality printer that requires a lot of ink. So that combined with the pricing of the paper that I'm printing it on, because um, you want to use archival, high quality, velvet, fine art paper. Otherwise, it's just your 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 art is going to yeah just kind of deplete in value over the next like year or so. So um, if I if I want to be able to use higher quality so that I can be very proud of what I'm putting out. I know that I need to be able to make a certain amount of money so that I can afford to do so. Absolutely. And I've, I've always been curious because, again, I, I know nothing about art. So you, you <laughs> paint on canvas. How, how do you get a digital replica, if that's even the right way of saying it, in which you're able to print on a printer? I'm sure there are much easier ways to do it. <laughs> but the way that I've been doing it is that um, uh, I just take a really high quality photo with my cell phone, okay. upload that to um, uh, uh, Lightroom and uh, photo editors um, so that I can make it look ex as much like it is yeah. in real life as possible. Okay. Um, so yeah, it's just, I'm just not very good at editing online. That's so <laughs> that part's been a little bit of a learning curve for me. <laughs> So when you when you when you're um, commissioned for a painting, and you, I don't know, uh, let's just say I wanted a painting. I I I I love the universe and the stars, and so I asked you to paint me uh, a painting of the universe and stars. Now you mm. you you commissioned that, or I commissioned that for you. I don't know how to say. It. I I ordered that from you in essence, and then I I buy it. And you sell, you send it to me. Whatever, done. So at that point in time, do you? I mean, obviously you have archival. Uh, files of that but are, are do you withhold do you do you retain the rights to be able to sell um uh images of it or i guess you know uh, replicas yes. of it okay yes um that's i haven't uh that is going to be part of the um commissioning process uh the main thing is that if I commission, if you commission me for a painting, I still have created it. So even though you're paying for the original, right. you get to keep the original and um, put, put possibly even a, a digital copy That's cool. um, so that you can have it printed on a glycee or, you know, whatever you would like. Um, I'm still going to retain the rights to be able to make prints from that if I so choose that it, it fits my gallery. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, that's good to know. I, I learned something new. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. So, okay. So we've talked about setting boundaries. We've talked about pricing structure. Uh, we've talked about, mm. you know, how you can, you know, sell, uh, replicas. What other, what other arenas are you, are you consider? I mean, are you looking at, you, you mentioned gallery, you're looking at, uh, submitting again, this all new world for me. So are you looking at submitting, uh, paintings to, to, to galleries? Are you looking to set up your own gallery? What, what does that world entail? 
Yes, that is part of my long-term picture. Um, the the short term is just that I want to get my business off its feet. I right. want to be able to sell some prints and do create new paintings. The long term is that I would love to be able to be in a gallery um, at all. <laughs> that would be yeah ideal. Because uh, then I feel like because then more people will be able to see what yes. you have. Yeah. There are so many artists that are just so very talented. And the only thing that keeps them from being in the running with the other greats is just that people haven't seen their stuff. And I'm going to be honest with you, and this is my complete ignorance. I've seen some stuff that is supposedly very famous. I'm like, I feel like yeah. I, I could have done that. Uh, but yeah. I, again, that's just, you know, me being uncultured. Um, no, I think I think that there's a fine line between what should be qualifying as you know, fine art and what is duct taping a banana to a wall. <laughs> Thank you. That's, that's a, that's a wonderful, uh, metaphor. I like it or analogy. Um, that's awesome. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm of the, uh, I'm of the persuasion that I believe that everything that we do can be art. Yeah, um, sure. if you do it with a mindset, um, if you're, if you're doing it to create something, to make somebody feel something, um, with purpose, right. then I think that's art. Um, I feel I feel like everybody is a little bit of an artist. That's one of a- one of my very good friends is a writer, and she can write just the most amazing things. Like every paragraph she re- writes, you just want to read all of it. And she's constantly saying that she's not an artist. And I'm like, excuse you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. Your medium is is words. Yeah. So just because. I paint with a pen, uh, a paintbrush and uh, um, paint on a canvas doesn't mean that you're not an artist. You're also a word artist. You just are more vocal. Yeah, I like that. Your your definition of art a few moments ago was was very good. I'm going to make sure I highlight that. Uh, I like that a lot. In regard to galleries, and I, I again, this is me just wanting to know more. You know, with everything that's gone on this year, obviously there's probably not as much foot traffic in physical galleries. And so, are there have there been digital galleries set up that, of course, you can put paintings from thousands of different people in a digital gallery? But are there like exclusive invite only digital galleries that you could submit to as an artist? I have no idea. I think there should be. If there's not, maybe we should talk. But is there something that exists like that? Uh, there's a well. There's a lot of. Um, I, I'm not. I might be misunderstanding what you're asking. But uh, there's there's websites like Society Six or Redbubble where you can upload your digital art, and if they think that it's worth something, they put it in their store. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And anybody can buy it, printed on a blanket or a T-shirt. Yeah. I guess what I was asking, are there places where you can submit your art and not everybody gets to upload their art that has to be selected? Oh, I think that's the majority of galleries. Okay. All right, go. See, I was thinking. Like, yeah, and I would Im- I would imagine that there would be one for digital. I'm just because I'm not so heavy with the digital. Right. I haven't I haven't exactly researched that, but I'm positive there has to be. OK. All right. That's good to know. Uh, yeah, I was just I was just curious about that. Awesome. Well, that's uh, God, I'm so excited for you. That that is such an amazing, I don't, there's, there's two parts to it. It's amazing that you're pursuing something that it doesn't even sound like you knew you wanted to do it, but it's making you happy. And that's, that's extremely important. 
but also to be able to look back and say, and I know it's a fine line with you because you really enjoyed your clients, but to be able to look back and, you know, think about those times that where you were just miserable, whether you were in physical pain or emotional pain and realize that you don't have to put yourself through that anymore. That is such an empowering mm. feeling. I absolutely, I, I, I've been there and I, I love, I, it's kind of masochistic in a way to think about it, but to realize that you're free from it is just, it's so, um, it's so incredible. It really is because while I was, stuck in that mindset of work, 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 have to do this because it's just what, you know, I'm supposed to do. I was not allowing myself to pursue other things that do bring me joy because so much of my life was wrapped up in working in the salon. Yeah. Um, I, I have, a Sigo, <laughs> significant other, uh, my husband <laughs> that I feel like I wasn't giving him as much attention as I would normally. Did you I just have, quote me? You know, I'm sorry. Did you just quote yeah, I me? I did. Oh my God. Yeah. That was a callback. Wow, that is yeah, deep. Easter eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a Sigo and I, yeah, I get that. I, I, I definitely, um, I, I also love being able to go to our, our local animal shelter and uh, volunteer with them. But because I was working so heavily, I didn't have the energy to go. And that's something that brings me so much joy. There's yeah. something about going to a shelter and helping animals that is just so pure joy. That's amazing. And if that's something that I know is going to bring me joy why am I not going to pursue a lifestyle that is going to allow me to do that? Because the happier I am, the more I can give. And the more I can give, I mean, shouldn't we all be yeah. wanting to be able to give more? I, we absolutely should. I want to I wanna pull up a, a quote that's very relevant uh, to this conversation. I, I, I know I posted on the, uh, this podcast and Instagram not too long ago, it was in a book I read. Uh, life is divided into three parts. What was, what is, and what shall be. Of these three periods, the present is short, the future is doubtful, and the past alone is certain. And mm. in wanting to feel the benefit or feel what it's like to help others, to help animals in your case, we can't rely on the future to say, in the future, when I have this, I'm going to be happy. In the future, when I have that, I'm going to have more time to mm. volunteer. That's just that, that, that's that's that is so nonsensical. When have we ever, yeah. ever made more time for ourselves? We're always filling every nook and cranny because exactly. we're, we're taking on more responsibilities because we want more money because we think that's going to make us happy. And that's just it's a it's a vicious cycle and it's 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 a huge problem. And one that hopefully more and more people are escaping, um, hopefully intentionally, some unintentionally with, with all the layoffs. But uh, I really hope people can take advantage of that. Yeah. Um, okay. So speaking of, uh, I will let you answer this question. Then I want to I want to talk a little bit about it before I let you go. Um, obviously, it's no secret. I like asking our guests what their favorite, what their most life changing book has been. Um, it's something I've been doing oh. since the almost the beginning of the podcast. Uh, I've got some amazing answers, some truly amazing answers. I've read some incredible books because of it. Um, 
and I'm, I'm that's something I'm going to continue doing uh, with these types of conversations. So I I I, I, I already asked you in the pre the, the pre interview, but uh, I, I will ask you again. Uh, what what book has just had such a major influence in your life, and uh, why? Um, <laughs> Anthem by Ayn Rand uh, was probably the very first political book that I ever read, and it opened my mind so much um, that I then spent a year binging through all of the list of banned books because there was this list of books that were yeah. thought too thought provoking, honestly, right. to um, to be allowed in public spaces. So there were the and it was the dumbest list, like the Grapes of Wrath yeah. was on it. Uh, 1984 Fahrenheit 451. That, all of Fahren those like quintessential. <laughs> yeah. Fahrenheit 451 is by far my favorite book. It is absolutely oh. a breathtaking book. And I, I need to go back and reread it again. It was just, it was, uh, I, I absolutely love that book. It's not, I mean, the, the me being ignorant, I, I was supposed to read it in high school. I probably wrote the cliff notes and probably barely even read those. So as I got back into reading fairly recently within the last four or five years, I picked that book up and I always had the impression, oh, it's just about burning books. You know, that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to burn. It's not that's not what it's about. It's about censorship. No. It's about a higher government power wanting to take this. It's not even it's not even about them taking information away. It's about people not wanting to to be enlightened to the information that's out there. They want to sit themselves in front of this mm. TV wall so they can be numbed and inundated and not have to think for yes. themselves. Yes. Fucking love that book. Anyway, it's in uh, Rand. Um, <laughs> I, 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 so I started reading several years ago, one of, one of her huge books and I can't remember which one it was about an architect and I never finished it. It was very good. Uh, but I, Fountainhead. I, I Fountainhead. I, I do need to go back and finish it. Um, I, I know a little bit about her and I know a little bit about objectivism. Um, and hopefully you know more than I do. So we can have somewhat of an intelligent conversation about this, but to, in essence, it's about <laughs> wanting to be happy. It's about, it's about yep. your own happiness as, as the moral purpose of your life. And I, yeah. I know that it, that to to some people that is extremely controversial, and I'm, I'm sure I'm missing mm. many major points for that. But uh, I just you know keep talking about uh, uh, her and and and, and uh, anthem and, and objectivism because I want to know more. So so mainly the thing that I took away from this book is like you were saying is this this the main character um, he has been told that he's too smart. So he needs to have a job to humble himself um, so that he doesn't think that he's better than everybody else. Well, that's silly. If he has a proclivity towards intelligence, why wouldn't you want his intellect in a place of power to help you move yourselves forward? It was keeping everybody in their status quo. Okay, you're good at art, so you get to color. Okay, you're good with numbers, so you're an accountant. Okay, you're good at this, so we don't need to look any further. This is what you are, and that's it. Um, which I feel society has definitely gotten us it, uh, into that belief structure. Sounds very um, <laughs> so, so this guy then realized he, he stumbles across, um, 
writing. And that's controversial because you're not supposed to read unless you are one of the people in charge. You don't need to read. Why are you reading? Your job is to sweep. So you go sweep. Um, You you don't basically get to choose anything for yourself because it's better for society for them to choose for you. So once you realize you have the ability to choose something for yourself and make it your own, even having that choice is your own. And once you can own that, I mean, anywhere, you can go anywhere from there. Yeah. That's a, that seemed to me to be very Orwellian. Um, And I I, I don't know (laughs) if she came onto the scene first or if if George Orwell did, but uh, that's, that's, there seems to be a lot of <laughs> danger that, that is perceived in free thought uh, nowadays, mm. and that's 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 scary. And I, I don't want to go down that road, but I, I feel like we're going to come to a, a, a tipping point um, where we're going to have to make a decision as to you know how our society looks. Yeah, and operates. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> AJ, Amy. Zan, Zanny, Zandretha, thank you. I really, this is this has been a truly a fascinating conversation. I, I didn't, you know, I, I, I had high hopes for it, but I didn't know how it was going to go with this sort of structure. So I, I really appreciate, I really appreciate you coming on here and doing this. Seriously, thank you. Thank you for having me. I hope that you don't have to edit too bad to make my rambling mess. Uh, no, it was it was sound perfect. Good. <laughs> you don't ramble. I, I know you said that about the time you were time or two you were on a uh, hashtag question. You don't ramble. I, you, I think you just give yourself. I don't, you don't give you, you don't give yourself enough credit. I it's, it was very concise and well thought. Oh, thank you. Yeah, so I tried for you. <laughs> good, thank you. One more time, let people know how they can find you on Instagram. If you have a domain name uh, where your website will live, uh, you can you can share that too. Or you know, after that launches, I can just you know share it. I'm happy to share it. So uh, please let people know. Absolutely. So uh, uh, when it's ready, my website will be um, just www.anartwitch.com. Um, I bought that domain. I just haven't quite finished to launch it yet. Yeah. Uh, and then my Instagram is also at an art, witch. um, you can also find my personal Instagram at Zandretha. I'm also on the Twitter with at Zandretha. So and she's also plenty of ways to contact. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? No way. You're also a rapper. <laughs> you oh. promised you weren't going to try to make me rap. <laughs> I know. I, I, I will. I will link to those in the show notes. We're not going to. I've retired. I hung up my uh, my mic. Metaphor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you very very much. It was truly a pleasure, and um, I, I look forward to, uh, to to. I look forward to continuing to see your amazing art and your success as well. Thank you so much. I can't wait to see where you take this podcast. You're so talented that I I know it's going to be super fantastic as long as you're touching it. So, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you all again and take care. Thank you again so incredibly much to AJ for spending an hour with me and making this first conversation of its kind so incredibly comfortable and easy and insightful. I truly owe you, the listener, and her a debt of gratitude. Thank you again. Please be sure to check out the show notes. All of AJ's links, including her social media and her forthcoming website, are linked in there. 
it is inspiring to see what she was able to do from the beginning of 2020, the beginning of 2020 and eight months go from being physically and emotionally miserable in a job that she actually enjoyed by making the very difficult decision to, to leave it to fully pursuing a dream and owning that happiness that she felt from it. And you can hear that in her voice in this episode. So I highly encourage you to check out her artwork and I highly encourage you to ask yourself, what gets you so excited that you can hear it in your voice? What is it in your life that you do to find that joy? While you're on the internet, please do me a favor. Follow the Mosaic Life podcast on Instagram at One Mosaic Life. On Facebook, it's The Mosaic Life Podcast. And of course, our website is themosaiclifepodcast.com. And last but not least, if you'd be so kind, leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts goes a long, long way in helping me find better and better guests, as well as reaching more and more inspiring people just like yourself. Thank you all so incredibly much for taking an hour of your time to listen to this today. I know you could be doing a million other things, so the very fact that you took an hour of your time to spend it with me, I could not be more grateful. Until next time, take care, do better, and be well. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.